Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. This is your weekly dose of Dream Home inspiration, bringing you clever hacks and tips from the very best local experts with your hosts, Tara and Joe. Hey, hey, welcome to the Dream Home Movement. I'm Joe Violetta from Violetta Finance, your host. And tonight, I'm joined in the studio by Jenny from Clueless Down Under. Welcome to the studio. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely my pleasure. I've been actually wanting to have you on the show for a while. I met Jenny uh, at a women's breakfast, peninsula breakfast thing a few months ago, and I was like, oh, I must ask her, but I best get to know her better so I didn't freak you out when I first (laughs) met you. Like, come on my radio show. So what we're talking about tonight is moving. Now, I know we've spoken about moving before. We spoke to Chris from Moving Hub and we've spoken to a few people that have made sea changes down to the peninsula. But this, there's a very different twist tonight. Okay, so moving across the world, moving across the globe is massive. I'm sure you would agree. Moving from the UK, so England to Australia is Massive. That's a 24-hour flight we're talking about right there. It's a huge move. But moving from the UK to Australia is especially massive when your decision to move is documented on television by the BBC. That's kind of a big deal and pretty out of the box. So Jenny um, from Clueless Down Under Uh, tonight is going to talk to us about what to consider before moving to Australia. Jenny and her family were featured on the popular BBC documentary Wanted Down Under. And if you you haven't heard of it, um, that's and you live in Australia, that's not surprising. So I don't think it airs in Australia, does it? It doesn't, know. No, but it, it's quite popular in England, isn't it? It certainly is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you li- if you're one of our overseas listeners, you may have heard of it before. So their decision to move was documented on Wanted Down Under. The show followed the family to Australia for a week while they made their decision to either stay in England or move to sunny Australia. And then they followed up years later to see if they felt they made the right decision. So this is absolutely fascinating. This is going to be a lot of fun. Tonight's show is a must listen for anyone considering any kind of big move because we are going to be looking at a move from the UK to Australia. But really, I think what we're going to chat about as in, as in what to consider is applicable to any big move. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, only here on FM. Take me home tonight, I just want to show you the truth. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. Tonight we are talking about what you should consider when you're making a big move. And in this case, we're talking about a big move from England to Australia. And I've got Jenny from Clueless Down Under in the studio. And when her and her family made their decision to move (laughs) to the other side of the world, it was actually documented on on television. Uh, so, Jenny, you immigrated to Australia in May 2012. That's correct, yeah. yes. And the pro- as I mentioned, the process of deciding to move was documented by the BBC 
on a show called Wanted Down Under. Now I'm I've I've watched it obviously because <laughs> you've sent me the show. Yes. Uh, but I hadn't heard of it prior to that. So can for our, our uninitiated listeners like myself, can you tell us a bit about the show? Of course I can, Joe. So this program is filmed by the BBC in England. It's not aired in Australia. Um, so what the BBC do is they look for people and families who are currently in the process of their visa applications and who are looking to live in either Australia or New Zealand. So what they do is um, they'll take the families out or the couples out for seven days to basically trial a life down under or in New Zealand. And There's a bit of a misconception, I think, because I've heard people joke, you know, I I might apply for that show because I want to go on holiday to Australia for a week. Believe you me, it's absolutely no holiday at all. It it was pretty hard going. Um, So that's what they do. They they bring you out. And as soon as you get off the airplane, you get through um, arrivals. Uh, the camera's rolling and you know you're talking about the journey over here and you're filming from kind of day one um from landing in Australia wow so it's it's pretty full-on like it's cameras on straight away yes and what are they filming you doing what 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 are you actually doing on the documentary Well, initially when we arrived in the airport, they asked us how we felt about the journey over here. And most people do know that it's 24 hours away. We came over with our children who were then three. No, sorry, I beg your pardon. Well, Bruce was three and Jeannie was um, one. Um, So that was a bit bit tricky, you know, flying for that far with two two young children. And we were absolutely absolutely shattered. I remember just going into the loose quickly and just giving my hair a quick brush because I knew I was going to be on television. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. I I looked terrible. I looked so tired. Well, who does look good after a long-haul flight? And and then to have cameras in your face? Oh, my gosh. I would have have gone and brushed my hair as well. And it's the furthest that we've ever been away from home. I've, I've traveled before. I've been to Asia and I've been to America a couple of times, but actually being that far away, the other side of the world was a little bit daunting, to be honest. So um, the, there was a cameraman, a fixer guy who organizes who, what you're going to do and who you're going to speak to whilst you're in Australia. And there's a sound man, sound man as well. And they sort of take the lead and tell you what you're going to do. There's no actual presenter. So you get given a question and you, you have to kind of answer the question with the question included. Oh, so yes, yeah, so there's no one on camera asking you a question. So you're answering it, but just making it out as if it's something you've just come up with exactly talk about okay yeah yeah I get I get what you're saying yeah so once we got our baggage out of Melbourne airport and people were coming over and saying why why are people filming you and somebody actually thought my husband was a a famous footballer or something which was quite funny (laughs) when we got managed to get through the airport we actually went to get the hire car um which the BBC do provide you with just just for those seven days um so it's a seven day plan that the BBC give you so they had um they were following us in the car filming us from their car on the highway and you know we'd just done a 24-hour trip 
and then we're having to drive and navigate where we're going. Oh, you had, hold on, you had yeah. to drive yourself? We did, yeah, oh to the accommodation. Gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was um, a bit interesting. <laughs> and so you got into accommodation and what other sort of activities were they filming you doing? Well, we did stay in rented accommodation that they provided with us. We stopped in a house in Williamstown. Um, we were a little bit shocked at the house when we first got there. I mean, don't get me wrong. We were very grateful that we had this opportunity to stay in Australia, but we were shocked at the, the accommodation. It was a one-story house. Back then, I think I would have referred to it as a bungalow. Yeah, that's um, what, when we moved here when I was a kid, yeah. mu- you know, much younger, and I was really shocked that everyone lived in bungalows. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not really bungalows. They're, they're one-story houses. But in, in England, well, I don't know how it is now, but back then, yeah. everyone had you know double story houses it was quite wet, rare to have exactly. a one story house so we we had the house and it was i have to say i was quite shocked at how how old fashioned it was but then when they told us um how much it would sell for if they put it on the market how much it would go for we were wow wowzers because it was it was the location where it was in williamstown and the nice thing about it was it was about 300 meters from the beach as well and we had amazing views of the city so all I wanted to do was get in the house, have a bath or a shower, get unpacked, think about what we we're going to have for dinner. No, the cameras kept on rolling and um, yeah, the, the cameras kept on rolling. But that was part of the deal. You know, the filming, the real experience of coming to Australia and, and doing that journey and, and being here. So they just asked us about the property um, and Daryl just, I think he said several times actually that it wasn't as big as what he expected it to be, the house. Um, But, you know, it's a good base. We were close to the city. It was a good base for seven days. Yeah, I I really like Williamstown. I also think it was a little bit unfair that they're asking what you think of the house when you haven't slept for 24 hours. I know. And so you had that as your base and then you went around and looked at some other other houses and we did yes yeah um so after they filmed us they did actually you know they weren't too bad they left us be and we had a little nap you know they always say try and stop up as long as you can when you've done a long haul flight but with two young children being age one and three that's just not possible um but we did venture out and we did ask for directions where the local shops were and everything and went and got you know a bit of dinner um and the bbc um guys when they left us they left us with a mobile phone and a sat nav and we had the car as well. And they said that they would send us a text at eight o'clock in the morning, um, giving us instructions of where we needed to be. So that's how it worked. Sounds like the amazing race. It does a little bit, yeah. <laughs> to pick up clues on the way or, <laughs> or something. So what I really liked about the the show is that it, it actually walked the viewers through all the different things that you considered when you were exactly. making a decision. Yes. And so they do like a little bit of a, a sort of spot about or a segment about a particular factor that you considered and then uh, you would hold up these little um, pieces of card, yes. one with an English flag and one with an Australian flag right. on it and you would say based on this particular factor, yes, we prefer 
you know, England or Australia. So what were those factors that you that they got you to consider before you moved to Australia? So you're here, you're here for a trial life, basically. Yeah. You're here to experience having a life in Australia. So, you know, there wasn't much time for going to the beach and hanging out and things. Um, we were living a life here. So the second day we were here, it was properties and it was looking at properties to buy. So we went and looked at three properties around Victoria. The first house that we viewed was a house in Frankston South. The second house that we viewed was in Botanic Ridge, which was um, a new build estate yeah, at the is, time. Is there like a golf course near there or something? I think I think that might have still been constructed. Yeah. I've actually gone past it several times since actually mm. living here, and I've and I've said, "Oh, we filmed there," mm. which is really funny. It's quite lovely. I've, um, I, I live near there. I used to live quite mm-hmm. near there, and it is. Yeah, it's quite lovely. So yeah. Botanic Ridge. Yep. And the third house that we viewed was actually. Um, in Mornington, where I actually live, I actually live in Mornington now. <laughs> there you go. I know it's funny where you end up back. You know, end up being back at yeah. <laughs> so the first factor to consider was the the housing yes. situation. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then what else did you need to consider? What other factors? Lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the guys. Um, helping to produce the show I actually met up with his cousin his cousin Sasha so it's a bit of a mouthful yeah his cousin (laughs) Sasha at the local park and she was telling me um, that when you have children here you usually um, get together as mum's group when you've had your children and that's and she was saying she was kind of advising me to get into some play groups and and maybe see if I could get integrated into any mum's groups locally just to help with the children because you they actually start school later here in Australia as well than what they do in the UK um Daryl went to McKinnon High School and he's he did some teaching so he's a teacher by that's his profession that's correct yeah so that's how come we're here because Daryl's a teacher and he was on the criteria of what they were looking you know skilled workers what they were looking for here in Victoria so Daryl did a day's work at McKinnon High School and he taught um, a maths lesson so I wasn't in on that because um, I couldn't comment and then what else did we do we did the cost of living so I had um, a list of all my utility bills and a receipt from my weekly shop grocery shop back in England and then what they did is they compared it along with what it would cost in Australia lots of other factors to consider here as well such as um, not every doctor's practice is bulk build so if you need to see the doctor there's an out of pocket cost to do that most of the time and also things like with healthcare, a lot of people take out private health insurance here in Australia I don't think so many people in the UK do do that it's very different so we looked at the cost of living in a comparison as well and it actually came out that we would be a little bit worse off especially here in Australia that we would be a little bit worse off especially if I wasn't going to be able to to work with losing that network a family back in the UK who would help out with the children but we having been here and seeing Australia firsthand we we felt it would actually be worth it okay so um 
Yeah, because you've got to weigh up that. If you're only slightly worse off it, but you can still manage it, perhaps it's worth it. So housing was one factor to consider. Lifestyle, cost of living, was there anything else? They actually interviewed our friends and family back in England. Um, I We didn't see anything of that back in England. That was like secret filming. Um, and they sat us down and played these videos from home. Um, and that was very, very emotional to, to watch. Yeah, it really was. Because you don't always go around saying to everybody that you love them all the time. You know, people are, you know, people know they're important to me, but I'm, I'm not always saying to everybody every day that I love you, but it was, you know, seeing that on, you know, when it's, it was quite raw, you mm. know, I felt quite guilty about wanting to move here, to be honest, because we had such good relationships with our family, you know, good family relationships back home. That was very difficult. So that's another factor to consider definitely, is definitely. can you be that far away from, exactly, your, yes. from your loved ones because, uh, you know, I mean, things are a, a lot different. It was only seven and a half years ago, but things are a lot different now with Skype and, yes, you know, all that yes. sort of thing. But still, it's not the same as kind of being being in front of someone no you can't yeah. you can't you know sometimes just that physical touch and a mm. hug makes it makes a big difference yeah yeah oh I, I hear like even even like this is a really weird comparison I guess but even with with this show I like my guests to come into the studio rather than dialing in one because the sound quality is better yeah but two I just feel like you can have a better conversation with someone when you're when you're face to face it's yeah. a little bit limiting it limits who I can interview but yeah there's yeah there's no, nothing's the same as face to face in person yeah so that that would be a big factor to consider uh, so it was the those were the four main things to consider. What was sort of the what was the biggest? Was it a combination of them all that helped you make your decision, or was there one particular thing that kind of pushed you over? Um, the only thing, and I said I didn't vote on this, was um, Daryl was undecided. He because you you'll you'd get the flags and the as you said the. Um, United Kingdom on one side and Australia on the other and you would turn the cards around and then the cam you know they say who do you choose and you go England yeah or Australia um and Daryl was actually undecided so he was in the middle with um his employment so he would have been on par with the money it was just what level he would have entered in into the education system here in Australia because he'd cut he's quite a senior teacher now um, and he climbed the ladder back in England, but here uh, he wasn't sure if he was going to have to start again from the bottom. So he wasn't quite sure on, on that front. But with the houses, and this is the hard thing, when you, you've seen the programme and when you look back at the three houses that we viewed then, we looked at one house in Mornington and it was huge. It was a spectacular house and it was on the market for something like $350,000. Stop laughing. <laughs> because now, that's if that was to go on the market, it probably would be pushing, what, a million? Oh, easily. Easy, when, I know. <laughs> when I saw that house, like it's 
it's mint, right? Yeah. It's a beautiful peninsula house. It's got that peninsula look about it where it's, you know, architecturally designed. It's got its own character and flair. It had a pool, I'm pretty sure. Did that one No, it didn't. That one it didn't. had potential for a pool. You could, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. remember there was one with a pool, but that one had potential for a pool. And before they came with the price, I, I was sort of like, well, why are they showing them this? Because it's not in the budget that they indicated. It was, no, it's, it wasn't. It's going to be 1.1, 1.2, forgetting that this is seven years ago. Yeah, exactly. And it was like 300. And it was just amazing. My goodness, how property prices have changed. I know, I know. It's scary, <laughs> really scary. You know, and that's the times when I feel that I wish we'd been able to emigrate sooner because we would have been able to maybe get on the property market sooner. But it, it is what it is. Mm. Um, and we're here now. Yeah, and you've just bought a house. We have just so bought a house, you know, yeah. You, you're there now. We are, yeah, and we're really happy about it, Jo. Oh, that's so – I'm really happy for you. And when we come back from the break, we are going to talk about the biggest differences uh, that Jenny observed between Australia and England uh, that's actually surprised her and also some tips for anyone thinking of moving to Australia. So that is coming up next. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, only here on RPPFM. Take me home tonight. You're listening to the Dream Home Movement with me, your host, Joe Violetta, and I'm joined in the studio tonight by Jenny from Clueless Down Under. We're talking about moving from the UK to Australia. Uh, Jenny's experiences and her decision was documented by the BBC show Wanted Down Under. Now, Jenny, when you arrived here, apart from the bungalows, <laughs> what were some of the biggest differences between Australia and England that surprised you? When we actually emigrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or, or during the, the initial seven days. I think with the initial seven days, it, it was a bit of a blur, to be honest. Mm. And what the BBC do is they pay for your flights and your accommodation and your hire car. Um, the hire car and the accommodations just for seven days. That's how long it takes to film. We we managed to stop for 10 days. That's really because we had to come in the school holidays Um because my husband's a teacher you see so we weren't here for very long so it was a it really was a bit of a blur but I just remembered going to the um, Royal Botanical Gardens in the city and having fish and chips in Williamstown and I really fell in I really fell in love with Williamstown and I just couldn't wait to get back to those blue skies it was very different when we actually did physically emigrate because we didn't actually get out for about another two years um, due to the fact that we actually couldn't sell our property back in England. Because the property market was very different in in England at that stage to how it was in Australia, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I still think if we had put the property up when we made the decision to emigrate, we would have sold it and we would have sold it for more than what we purchased it for. But we didn't we didn't want to risk the visas not going through and then losing our house because we had a beautiful house back in Glasshouten in West Yorkshire in England. Um, so we didn't want to chance that. But the visa process took about 21 months and we, we, we did want to go for the permanent residency as well. Um, 
And unfortunately, what happened during that time, there was a recession in England and there was a banking crisis as well. And the base rate dropped and house prices dropped. So it just took forever to sell the house. So we did the initial visit in February 2010 and then we actually emigrated in May 2012. Oh, okay. So yeah, there, yeah, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a break there, and okay. So what when you did it eventually immigrate? Were there any big differences that sort of surprised you, lifestyle wise or weather wise? Definitely, or? definitely weather wise. You must have read my mind. I was just <laughs> going to say that. So when we first got here, we rented a house in Mount Eliza. Um, it was an Airbnb and it ended up costing us quite a lot of money, but it was furnished and it was a good base. Um, but it was a very different house to the house we lived in in England. There was no central heating and there was no double glazing. And because we arrived in May, it was it was really, really cold. It was really rainy. It got dark really early. And I kind of felt like I'd moved from England in I'd moved from England to England <laughs> the weather was just the same it was really horrible that's not what you would have been expecting not, not really no but I I got to meet people pretty quickly I my attitude was I need to start I need to start as I mean to go on I've got to build a new life here and I've got to talk to people and I've got to ask questions um and people just used to say and I was like saying about the weather oh the weather's awful and um, they just said, just hold on, just hold on, it'll get better. And it'll it did, better. it did. <laughs> and now I'm used to it and now I'm acclimatised, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a nice reprieve, the, the winter, it's, I suppose. After today, it's oh. been 31 degrees today. Yeah, it's really hot It's been really today. hot. <laughs> it's the first hot day that we've had in a while as yes. well. So it was a real shock to the the system. Well, that's a, that's a lovely segue into... Um, into my next question, which is, what are your tips for anyone thinking of moving to Australia? And I, and I think that was a great piece of advice that you just shared then, which was to talk to people and to, um, you know, just d- dive in. You've got to make friends, ask questions, get Definitely. get to know people. Definitely. That's a really good piece of advice because it can be scary. It can be scary, but there's one thing that I've learned about living here, especially on the Mornington Peninsula, that... Um, They do say Aussies are laid back. I think that's true. And they've got so much time for you. And if somebody's got a little bit of advice or a bit of information and can point you in the right direction, they'll they'll freely give it to you. I was really just kind of overwhelmed in a good way Mm. at how generous people were with their advice and help when we got here. I did have a bonus. So I know you have had Gina Walters on the radio show last year. Gina and I actually have a mutual friend back in England. I never knew Gina back in England, but her friend Lisa mentioned to her, who's still in England, and she lives on the Mornington Peninsula that I was um, wanting to emigrate. And Gina just said to her quite freely, get her, you know, get her to send me a message on Facebook. And if she's got any questions or reassurances, um, you know, she can message me. And I, I did message her quite a lot. And it was more so coming up to that time when we were going to de- depart um, and we were going to leave. And I was getting to a point where I just wanted it to hurry up mm. and 
get get on with it. It was getting really too emotional. And I remember having lots of sleepless nights. And because there's the time gap, I've been messaging her saying, you know, it's it's you know one o'clock in the morning here, and she'd be up. And that was I found that really helpful and Aww. useful. And we did end up meeting up a couple of days after. Um, I got here and she was amazing. She told me about some local play groups and I think I'd, I'd been in Australia four days and I turned up at play group with the children and said, hi, I'm Jenny. I got here on Monday. We've come to play group. And there's all these I people saying, and other English people as well saying, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're at playgroup four days in. I was like, you know, they've been here two weeks and they were still, you know, didn't dare leave Where the house and yeah. felt, you know, really scared mm. about venturing out. But as I said, it was, we've got to build a new life here. I've got two young children. I've got nobody else here apart from my husband. And I had Gina on hand, you know, if I needed to call and ask any questions. But I thought, I've got to make some new friends. I've got to build a new network. up, And I met some beautiful people at Playgroup. And I've still got friends from Playgroup now, you know, seven and a half years on. Oh, that's beautiful. I was really lucky. I was yeah. really lucky. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. The peninsula is very friendly as well. It, it certainly is. But then on the flip side of that, I've been, so we, we rented in Mount Eliza for a month and then we got a rental not too far from here, actually, from the studio. And we got a, we rented a unit and we'd go to the local park and you hear people's accents and a girl said to me where are you from and I was telling her whereabouts in England we were and they'd been here a couple of days and I said we've been here six weeks and she didn't she had a couple of friends here she'd been out before and things but I I, I said look if you want a bit of company or you want a play date with the kids I'll give you my number and it's kind of it's a bit like dating yeah, for friends. It is. It's isn't like it? dating for friends. You can't be shy. Yeah. You've got to put yourself out there a little bit. Um, and you know, if people say, Do you want to come on a play date? Go on a play date. Suggest you go for a cuppa when you're a little bit more established. Maybe have a bit of a barbecue or something um and invite your neighbors around or maybe some somebody that you've maybe met at work or at school etc so you know it's good good way to meet people I, I really love that yeah, I remember Gina was saying um when the, when I've got her husband's name but Neil Neil that's it when they first arrived they were just accepting all invitations of course yeah. she said that to me yeah. that's another word that's like another word of advice she gave to me is that you don't say no to anything go to, and yeah and it's really funny because Gina was there for me prior to me emigrating. And then I've had other people actually do the same like I did with Gina. And I'm like, ooh. Pay forward. <laughs> Contact me looking Aww. for advice. or Because the thing is, I live in Mornington, but a lot of people back in the UK think I live in Melbourne. Mm. Um, but I don't mind anybody, anybody getting in touch with me um, just to ask about what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. And any other tips or advice for people thinking of making the big move? It's a ma- it's an absolute massive move. It it really really is. And don't come out don't go into it thinking that you'll never be able to go back because you can. If you really want to do it, go for it. It's it's best to do it than regret not doing it. Um I would say try and do as much 
research or look into things that you can because everybody's on different visas and you get different things with different visas we came out on a permanent residency so it's different for us if I'd had gone to work when straight away when we'd emigrated I, I could have got maybe a, a rebate with childcare. on some visas you don't get anything like that I would also say have a look on realestate.com have a look maybe on Seek. Um, it's the, some people come out and they've got a sponsorship, some people don't. Make sure if you've got a trade that you meet, you're meeting the criteria for what they're looking for here. So, for example, if you are a teacher, you'll need to get re registered with the Victorian Institute of Teaching. If you don't do that, you can't do any teaching work here. So try and do your homework first if you can. Maybe have a look at the cost of living. Um, I actually read a really, really good book and it was a book called Didgeridoos and Didgeridon'ts. It's quite an old book and it, it may be a little bit out of date now, uh, but that, that was really a good insight into moving to Australia. And there's some really good Facebook pages that you can go on as well. I think there's one called Poms Wanting Oz. And I'm on that, even though I wasn't prior to emigrating. But um, there'll be people on there asking questions. And that could be asking questions where's a good place to live, um, asking about questions about the schooling system. So there's good interaction for them with people actually living the life here. And again, as I said, people are very happy to give information and knowledge onto them. And I've even, you know, made friends with people on there saying things like if you're coming this way to the peninsula private message me you know we can go for a cuppa because it's it's really daunting it yeah. can be it can be quite daunting and even though we were lucky enough to do the wanted down under um we had that support a little bit with the bbc as well and because it was um the week was kind of structured out and laid out what we were going to do when you actually get here and it's just you it's completely different it's yeah. it's really hard overwhelming it's very overwhelming it's it's a little bit like being reborn you have to <laughs> I felt like I had to learn about everything again yeah <laughs> you kind of do everything's so different yeah wow. even going to the supermarket and looking at things and it's like <laughs> this isn't familiar <laughs> no yeah it's very yeah it's very different at least at least at least all the labels are in English. Ex yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's I one think, thing. I think what threw me was the cost of living. And as I said, you, you come here and you should, you know, try and, it's not a holiday, try and start as you mean to go on. Uh, but I just used to spend ages in the dairy aisle looking at yogurts. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, it's 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 four dollars for two yogurts and back in England it was like 50 pence and <laughs> and then I had to stop saying to myself stop converting things into yeah. sterling and you know you live here and if you want yogurts buy them you know stop stop looking you know it's taken yeah. two hours to get around the supermarket it was ridiculous because <laughs> you can you can do it you've got your currency conversion happening <laughs> and well, I'm not buying that for that price yeah <laughs> well we're going to move now in there. What a sloppy segue, Joe! My goodness. <laughs> All right, I've got our signature questions to ask. Okay. You. Yes. So the first one is: What is your favourite interior design or architectural style from a bygone era? Ooh, that's a really good question. I 
I got married in 2005. I got married in Las Vegas. Ooh. And um, after we left Las Vegas, we actually went to New Orleans. And I just fell in love with New Orleans and the architecture, especially the houses down the French Quarter, the little, you know, Creole cottages mm. um, made out of wood. And then they'd have, some of them would um, have quite high rise buildings as well with the balconies. Oh, and, gorgeous. you know, like the iron framework on the balconies. And the, the really sad thing is, though, I got to see that and experience that. But the day that we flew out, so we flew to Miami afterwards. The day that we flew out was the day that Hurricane Katrina actually oh hit. Gosh. And a lot of New Orleans was just completely devastated mm. by the hurricane. So I'm really pleased that I got to see New Orleans as it was. And I'd actually like to go back one mm. day. Yeah. And, and have a look around. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I love I love that style of architecture. It's yeah, just me too. And the, there gorgeous. are there are some properties I've seen in the city. I think near um, Albert Park that are a little bit similar yeah. as well. So but I love that. It's really romantic. It is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what does the phrase "dream home" mean to you? Ooh. <laughs> self-cleaning house oh my gosh <laughs> yes that would be amazing who, who who wouldn't want a house that would just clean itself and pick up all the socks and wipe the sides down <laughs> um no joking aside I think oh, I think a lot of people say if I won the lottery mm. and I'm really guilty of saying this and I, I very rarely put a lottery ticket on <laughs> so the chances of that's probably not going to happen but I if we had the money. I think initially I'd like to be mortgage free. Who wouldn't? Oh, that and would be amazing. I would like just a house with a pool. That would be really nice, especially living in Australia. Maybe a view of the sea. Um, and I think actually I'd like my own bathroom. Just a bathroom. Just for me and nobody else. And maybe a sound system in there, maybe a little glitter ball. So if I'm having a night out, <laughs> have a cheeky wine <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm getting my makeup on and I have some it. have some tunes um, blaring out. But no, we have just bought our first house in um, Mount Martha, actually. And we're really, really happy about that. It's taken a long time to get to this point and it, it needs some work doing on it, but, you know, it, it, it's going to belong to us. And I'm hoping that I can actually make that my dream home at some oh, point. Yeah. I'm sure you will. And Mount Martha is gorgeous. Yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah, beautiful part of the world. You'll get that pool one day. We will, I'm sure. Even if it's just one of these inflatable things you get from Kmart. <laughs> Maybe not the self-cleaning house. <laughs> but... You've planted a seed in my head. I want a disco ball and my own bathroom, <laughs> I'm telling you, because I love to pump up some tunes when mm. I'm getting ready to go, to go out. Now, you have very kindly and generously offered for anyone who's thinking of moving out to get in contact with you. Yes. And you've also got a really fun Instagram page and uh, Facebook. So where, how can people find you, follow you, get in contact with you, all that sort of stuff? So I am on Instagram under Clue down under because that's literally how <laughs> I did feel when I got here just absolutely clueless um I also have a Facebook page under the same name as well so if anybody does um, want to get in touch with me even just to say hi or let me know what you thought of the radio show tonight I'd, ab I'd absolutely be blown away by that 
Oh, that's beautiful. And can I just say on behalf of the peninsula, we're glad that you're here. Oh, thanks, Joe. <laughs> we're jo. glad that you chose us. And thank you so much for coming in tonight. That was heaps of fun. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. Well, after the break, we are going to chat with Carl for the finance segment. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, only here on FM. Take me home tonight, I just want to show you the truth. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. You are here with me, Joe, your host, and we are heading into the finance segment, which is usually presented by Carl, but he is with a client right now. Appointment has run a little bit over time. He is helping them organize their home loan. So he has passed the bat baton over to me, and I'm quite pleased about that because I have something that I would like to talk to you about. So I am presenting the finance segment for you tonight. And tonight, people, I am dropping a truth bomb on you. And yes, I know <laughs> the term truth bomb is a little bit cliched, but hey, I'm, I'm rolling with it. All right, you ready? Truth bomb. <laughs> Just because a home loan has a lower interest rate doesn't mean it's the cheapest loan, which is mind blowing, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is that uh, if you're listening to the show live, you will know that we've had a couple of um, rate cuts made by the Reserve Bank of Australia recently to the cash rate, and that has been followed by um, most of the banks, if not all the banks and lenders, uh, passing on some or all of that rate cut. And so people are getting excited about cheaper interest rates, which is good. You should always be keeping an eye out of on what's going on, um, on the mar- in the market as far as interest rates. You should know what your home loan interest rate is and you should review it regularly. But sometimes I think people get a little bit too caught up in just the interest rate. You see, as well as the interest rate, you also need to take fees and charges into account, as well as the interest, any interest rate honeymoon periods, because sometimes um, you'll be offered a really attractive interest rate, but it's only for a certain period of time and then it reverts to something else. That's a honeymoon period. Uh, you definitely want to look at the comparison rate when you're looking at an interest rate because that will give you a clearer picture of how much this loan is going to cost you. There is a tool that you can use to find out uh, which it, what the what the cheapest loan is over the life of the loan, and that is a home loan comparison calculator. Now, we've got a home loan comparison calculator on our website, and it's really easy to use. It'll only take you a few minutes, and what you can do is you can compare any two loans on the market for a direct cost comparison, and this way you can actually find out which is the cheapest in total fees and interest over the life of the loan. So, truth bomb. 
Just because you're seeing a low interest rate doesn't necessarily mean it's the cheapest loan. You need to look a little bit deeper and a nice place to start is with a home loan comparison calculator. You can find that calculator on my website, which is Violetta Finance. So you can just Google Violetta Finance. It's like the color violet with an A at the end. There are not two T's, there is simply one T, violet with an A at the end and then finance. Google that, have a look at the loan comparison calculator and get a clearer picture of whether or not the loan that you're looking at is actually cheaper. Make an informed decision, people. All right, that is the finance segment. I'm out, short and sharp, short and sweet. And that brings us to the end of the show. So again, big thank you to Jenny from Clueless Down Under. How fun was that interview? It was uh, so interesting to learn about making such a massive move. It must have taken a lot of guts and super cool and super daunting that it was actually documented by the BBC. That's a big deal. Uh, So yeah, big shout out, big thank you to Jenny and thank you to you for tuning in and listening. You know that I love hanging out with you every Thursday night on RPP and I love hanging out with all the podcast listeners as well. If you are a podcast listener, I would like to say a big thank you to all of the podcast listeners in Turak because Turak, which is in Victoria, Australia, was our highest listening suburb for this week to the podcast. So, hey, everyone in Turak, love you. Thank you for tuning in. And second was Sydney, followed by Melbourne. Big shout out to all of you there as well. I really appreciate your support. And if you enjoy the show live or podcast, You can show your support to me if you want to. I would love you to by going on over to wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. You could go to Apple Podcasts. You could go to Spotify or Stitcher and leave a review, leave a five-star review rating and a review. That would just make me so very happy. I believe it helps other people find the podcast. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know what? It will just, it will make... It will make me very happy (laughs) and it'll make me feel connected to you as well that you've reached out to uh, let me know how you're enjoying the show. So I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to chatting with you again. All right, have a good night. I'm signing off. Bye for now.